Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo here on the bye week. Matt Bovee, Sal Capaccio. Full disclosure, we are recording this episode on Thursday morning at 11 a.m. And as we started to record, both of our phones started blowing up because there is a report out there from WFAA. That is the ABC affiliate in Dallas, Texas, that Buffalo Bills edge rusher Von Miller is facing arrest on accusations of domestic violence. According to their report, once again, this is from WFAA. The incident happened on Wednesday. Obviously, the team off right now. Von Miller spends his time when he's off and much of the offseason in the Dallas area. So this is just happening as we're going on to the podcast. We felt like we needed to at least address this off the top because obviously of the severity of it. But at the same time, you know, I work at a news station So, so much of my day now is going to be spent trying to figure out all of the different details of this, and then, of course, updating people as the day goes on. So, right now, this is, once again, a report from WFAA. They are the ABC affiliate in Dallas, Texas. It does not look like yet there has been an arrest made. I have seen other reports saying the Dallas police are waiting for Von Miller to turn himself in. I can also tell you that I've reached out to the Bills this morning, but... In fairness, it was only 10 minutes ago. They have not given me a comment yet because I'm sure they are trying to figure out what exactly is going on. So we did not want to ignore this, but we also need to make it very clear. We don't know a lot just yet. 
We will know probably more in the next few hours. And if any of that happens during the podcast, we will obviously bring that to you. But that's what we know right now. Sal, anything you want to add? Well, you know, you can always tune to WGR. You can always tune to WKBW, you know, for more information because this is a this is a podcast that we're recording and, you know, people listen to it in different times, right? So we always yeah. want to make that clear, obviously. Are you off from TV this yeah, week? I'm, yeah, I'm on vacation this week. Me too. Me too. And, you know, so you won't hear me on radio, folks. Like, you won't hear me talk about this or anything with the Buffalo Bills this week. So whatever happens, though, we are there for you. Whatever happens on the TV side, you know, Channel 7, ABC affiliate in Buffalo, obviously, WKBW, they're going to be there as well. So obviously, yeah. it's very important to us to gather information to, so we know what we're talking about. But as Matt said very well there, we just want to make it clear that, you know, we're not going to spend much time here other than this talking about it on this podcast. But our our companies, where our media outlets are the places mm -hmm. you can go to listen to it and hear about it as, as things develop, uh, uh, unfold. Quite frankly, it's unethical and irresponsible journalistically to say any more on it because I don't know any more on it. And when you are reporting something with the severity that these reports have, you need to do your own research. You need to do your own due diligence. You need to see what's right, what's wrong, because as we all know, there's a ton of misinformation yeah. out there on the Internet, on social media. So these reports are coming in from very legitimate news outlets. But up to this point. I have not been able to independently confirm or, you know, I guess, and basically confirm what had been reported or find out any new information. My colleagues will certainly be doing that today, as yours will sell. But at the same time, we did not want to avoid it because that would have been irresponsible as well, based off of what the allegations are. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, you know, we'll have more. Those outlets will have more. Uh, we plan on doing a mailbag podcast here on this, uh, this pod, particularly. It's the Bills bye week. And yes, mm -hmm. even though Matt is off and I am off, we're here for you today. And we're here mm -hmm. to talk about the bills a little bit and go over some questions that people had. So uh, we're still going to do that. It does get me to, though, and of course, I want to make it clear, there's a very, very big difference between the severity of what we're talking about here just a moment ago yeah. versus any of these other things I'm going to ask you about. But it all, I always say, like, you never know in this business when news breaks, right, Matt? You come from a news station. I come from a talk station. You know, WBN's the news side of us. Uh, but you never know when news is going to break. You never know when something's going to happen where we got to spring to action. We got to go to work. Neither of us are actually working for our particular media outlets um, this week. But when has been a time where something like that's happened, where it's just been, oh, my God, like, I did not plan on working today. Nothing was going mm -hmm. on. But you had to go to work. Something with the bills, something in oh. sports where something like that happened. Now, again, and there's breaking news all the time. I mean, like, I'll give you a great example. 2014, New Year's Eve, my oh. wife and I are walking into mm -hmm. Tucks and Pucks. We are yep. going to the Sabres game, and I get an alert that Doug Marone just opted out of his contract. Yeah. And I'm like, I am walking into the Sabres game. Now, I had to, I, I still, we went to the game. I joined Brian Cozio on the air after the game. He's doing the Sabres post game. We have to, so suddenly I had to go into Bill's reporter anal analysis mode, mm -hmm. even though it was New Year's Eve. And then I, I was not planning on working the next day and had to go host a radio show the next day on New Year's Day. So for the big one for me that I can think of, I've been at WKBW now for 10 years. I started there in 2013. My background is a little bit unique for somebody who works in sports media. I started behind the scenes as a video editor and eventually as a photographer. And then I slowly transitioned into news reporting. But I was out in an event at, I believe, Niagara Falls Memorial Hospital up in like the Niagara Falls area. And they were announcing a partnership between Memorial Medical Center and Niagara University. And they were going to take over over all of the catering. And as we were sitting there, I was a photographer. 
the tweet came down from, I believe Tim Graham had it first that Ralph Wilson had passed away. And wow. this was in what, 2013? Early 2014, because the Bagulas bought the team in 2014. So early 2014. So we were all sitting there at this press conference. We've got five cameras. All the different stations are represented. They're sitting there talking about this. And the tweet comes down. And this is obviously like the earlier days of Twitter, of social media. But I think Tim Graham at the time with the Buffalo News was Buffalo Bills owner Ralph Wilson has passed away. And I remember getting a call a minute later from the station. And they're like, we need you to get down to the stadium immediately. So... I left the event like and it's super awkward because you have a microphone up at a podium and there are people talking and I had to like walk up to the podium and be like, I'm very sorry. I need to take this, take the microphone, take it back, leave and go from Niagara Falls to the stadium because within the hour or a couple hours, the bills had like Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly and right, some of the sure. other ones who were local kind of go and do press conferences and that was one of those moments where it was like, what? Because at that point, you got to remember 10 years ago, it was not just that the owner of the Buffalo Bills had passed away. It was that the owner of the Bills passed away and the future of the team was very much up in the air of where they were going to be playing football and if they were going to move. Because everybody knew right when that happened, what was the future of that team? So that was one of those moments that it was like, okay. And then there's yep. been a ton of them where you're off you're doing something, you're trying to enjoy yourself. And it's like, that's what I oh. mean more than anything too. Right. Which is like, so one, I'll give you a couple for me real quick are my wife and I were married on March 8th mm -hmm. and on March 9th of, let me get the date right here. 2018. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. We are heading out to our anniversary dinner. She's had a nice dinner plan for us. We're just, mm -hmm. we're driving, we're driving. I get an alert. Bam. The bills just traded Tyrod Taylor. Huh? And yep. I'm like, oh, there goes our dinner plans. It really didn't ruin the dinner plans, but suddenly I had to kind of go on WGR, talk about it. What I wasn't planning on that night because I was off, going out to dinner plans, that happened. And then I also remember leaving the house to go to the gym the morning after the 2017 NFL draft. Just going to go to the gym, have a nice day. The draft is over. I'll come back. I'll write a column about it. Just getting alert early that morning, Bill's firing Doug Whaley and the entire scouting staff. There's going to be a press conference coming up at One Bill's Drive. And we yeah, had to kind of pivot and switch modes. I was at that time just in the sports department, 2017. I think I had been in for a year and I used to play pickup hockey on Saturday and Sunday mornings at the Northtown Center and at Riverside. And I played with a bunch of other media people. You know, we had a really good group. I used to skate every weekend and we finished in the locker room at Northtown Center and I jumped in the shower quick. We were getting ready to go to Tim Hortons because that's what we did after we would skate. And then I saw the notification and I was like in a hoodie and sweats because I had just played hockey and it was like, you need to get to the stadium right now. Once mm -hmm. again, somebody will meet you down there. So, you know, you're going to the stadium and you're like, they just finished the draft. Cause like you said, the Saturday of the NFL draft for media purposes is the longest, most boring yes. day of yes. probably the entire year. So we were all at the stadium for eight or nine hours the day before, waiting for the draft to finish, waiting to get a press conference from Doug Whaley, waiting to get a press conference from Sean McDermott, all of this stuff. So we probably ended up leaving at 9 o'clock. And then a few hours later, it was like, hey, head on back because we're basically cleaning house in the front office. Yeah, it, it, there's been times I 
we, believe me, folks, we are not surgeons. We are not doctors. But I always tell people we're like doctors on call sometimes, right? You just never know when something happens and you're going to have to leave. When I was growing up, did you ever go to games in the odd or is that too much before? Nope. You? Nope. Never been to the okay. odd. I don't know if this ever happened at Key Bank Center, but I remember growing up at the odd. This is before cell phones, text messages. Yes, I'm old, Matthew, but this is before all that. Huh. I remember... So Milt Joffe was the name of the public address announcer, I think, at the time, right? The old yeah. odd, the guy with the great voice, and he would come across every once in a while, and he'd say, I'll just use a, I'll use your name here, Matt. He'd say, attention, please, would Dr. Matthew Bove please call your office? Dr. Matthew Bove, please call your office. During the middle of a Sabres game, during a, a break before a face-off, something like that would happen. What a flex, right? If you were a doctor to be like, no. hey, we need you to come and obviously, you know, attend to whatever you need to attend yes. to. No, I, I, I never was around for that. That is one of the things that is the depending on the situation I have always said, because I worked in news before I worked in sports, there is a bit of an adrenaline rush that comes with covering big time oh, yeah. news stories, big time moments. Now, obviously there's also the human aspect of it too, depending on what's going on, that changes a lot of things. Like quite frankly, the other day we were all at one bills drive on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it's the day before a holiday. You think it's going to be quite easy. You're like, okay, we're going to get here. We're going to get out of this. And then everything that happened at the rainbow bridge in that just yes. terrible event that right. unfolded, we are. A new, I work at a news station, and even though the Buffalo Bills are a very important news story that are covered every day of the year most of the time, when something like that happens, you then know, guess what? Sports don't matter today. This is a very serious situation. So I left the stadium, went to the station, and then was like, what can I do? Well, I live on Grand Island, so I'm only 10 minutes away from the bridge. So I went down and I helped cover it from a news perspective as like a behind-the-scenes guy. Because at that point, you need all hands on deck. I used to be a yeah. photographer. I can go pinch in as a photographer. But those are like those big moments. And just when you think it's going to be a quiet day, it never is. There's always something that's happening. And there's always these big events that happen. And that's why, not to turn this into like, you know, anything bigger, but local news, local news radio is so important. Because that's how you stay current with the things that are happening on a local scale. Like, you know, you see the world news, you see the things that happen on social media, even Look live at radio and live people talking and all that stuff. Like we do this podcast and that's the thing now. Right. But th it's important to be live and local and mm -hmm. whether that's radio or television, when news is happening, Look at what the reports were initially from what happened at yeah. the peace bridge. And then look at what it ended up actually being and see value there because yeah. for several hours, people thought that it was a terror attack. And that, you know, the country was in danger and that they were shutting down the, all the borders and that they were doing extra security at the airport and all of these different precautions that were taken. And it ended up being just a terrible tragedy that had nothing to do with that. So that's just my two cents on that. All right. If well, you hear this of, in the background, sorry, do. do you hear this? I love it. I love it. I love it. This is Ellie. She's sitting I, here. I love it. Is she like with you? We, yeah. Like we said, we're on a bye week. My wife yeah. is at work. So I'm sitting here. Here, let me get a real quick talk for a second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, while Matt does that, actually, you know what? Um, we're going to shift gears and talk and do your mailbag here in a minute. But there was something else that came up. Part of the mailbag, I'll make it actually about our lives and what we do and inside, uh, inside and peek behind the curtain. So let's do that here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Ellie has joined us here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Hi, beautiful. Can you say hello? Say Can you hi. Make all the noises you were making. She's like, She's I'm not making any more noises. She's probably just completely confused at what's going on here. We've been doing like a really good job. And I say we, my wife has been doing a very good job of trying to limit screen time for this little one because we don't yep. want her to be like addicted to anything. So she's staring at the screen right now and probably is like, what is going wow. on? What is happening? Are you that is a, that is a tough thing that you see Sal. I know. Hi. Hi. You have way more hair than me. I love it. I love your hair. All right. I'm going to put you back down. Okay. How old is she now, Matt? Eight months. Eight months. It goes by so fast. That's crazy. Yes, it, it is. So Sorry fast, about right? that. Sorry, everybody says it, and it goes hear, by even faster. If you hear a, uh, anything in the background, it's her screaming. So I apologize. I got a, a note from school the other day that um, it's Max's first band concert that I'll be attending uh, coming up soon. Like he's playing percussion like me. I'm a drummer. He's percussionist and a drummer at school and they have a concert coming up. So it goes quick, man. I'm like, Oh my God, band concert. You know? So that, that's the kind of thing that it just kind of hits you a little bit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing for me. It start to, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, when we brought her home from the hospital, it was March. And it was just as the weather was starting to clear up. Cause I remember, you know, how nervous you are to drive home from the hospital when you've got a baby in the car. I was so thankful that day that there wasn't snow on the ground. And then yesterday we had to go somewhere and there was snow on the ground. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my first time driving with her in the car with snow. Mm, this is yeah. once, once again, terrifying. And you had to go really slow. Uh, when Max was born, it was in December hey, and very hey, snowy. Hey, yes. time out, time out. Yes. The bills have put out a statement. Okay. All right. So, this morning, we were made aware of an incident involving Mon Von Miller. We are in the process of gathering yeah. more information, and we'll have no further comment at this point. So that is the I, exact statement from the bills. And I, I figured their statement would read that. It's pretty generic when these things happen, those kinds of statements from any team. Absolutely. But the fact that they put out a statement obviously means that it's something that they are looking into and it's something that they take very seriously. I'm sorry to sidetrack there, no. but once again, this is a developing thing as we are recording the podcast. Okay. Well, again, um, you want me to read it one more time? You yeah, go right ahead if you want. And then I'm, I want to I want to bring in the, some questions here. This morning, we were made aware of an incident involving Von Miller. We are in the process of gathering more information, and we'll have no further comment at this point. That is the statement from the Bills as of they sent it to me at eleven twenty three a.m. on Thursday. Okay. Never an easy way to shift gears from these kinds of discussions. We asked for your questions for a mailbag. We'll get to them. I had one come to me that wasn't for the mailbag, but it was really good because I, and I wanted to start with this with you and then we can get into more of this. So Jalen Phillips, the outstanding pass rusher of the Miami Dolphins, he unfortunately tore his Achilles on the Black Friday game at, the, at MetLife. And Jalen had tweeted out how, you know, hey, it's day one of recovery. I'll come back stronger than ever. So I mentioned on Twitter, on X, that Matt, I've... 
I don't cover Jalen Phillips, obviously. I cover the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. But after the playoff game last year, I had a chance to speak with him. He was on the field with his family and friends. And I just went up to him and said, listen, I just want to say I really respect your game. I think I think the Bills were really interested in him in the draft. Obviously, he went before them. I said, you know, I know a lot of a lot of people do, but you know, hey, and listen, we we talked for about five minutes. He was very emotional after the loss, but he gave me his time. He was very sincere. And I said, I just really appreciated that. And someone asked me, so I want to ask you. They're like, wow, how often do you get to talk to players on other teams? Mm-hmm. And I said, look, we can go in the locker room after every game. We can go in the Bills locker room, and we can go in the opposing locker room. That's what our credential presents us. And my answer to the person was, look, if there's a player from another team that was on the Bills, oftentimes I'll try to catch up. I'll go in the locker room to get a soundbite or just say, hey, man, mm-hmm. how you been? Family good? All that kind of stuff. An example for mm-hmm. me would be Tyrod Taylor with the Giants. Had a great conversation after the game with Tyrod. He asked me how my family's doing all those kinds of things. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. And then you get those situations like Jalen Phillips. You don't know the player, but you talk to him. How about you? Like, do you ever make it a point to maybe interact on a professional or personal level with a player from an opposing team? Yeah. If the bigger story is the player from the opposing team, then that is what is warranted. Like, guess what? When the Sabres play the Golden Knights, the bigger story is Jack Eichel if they ultimately win. And that's why we had the viral moment that we had that's of right. Jack Eichel going, huh? Hmm. Really? And that happening right in front of me to a question, I believe asked from Mike Harrington. You want to talk about how ridiculous this is. The Vegas golden Knights were not going to make him available after that. Game. I remember this. You remember how ridiculous that was? And Harrington and that- went Harrington, Mike Harrington went after like mm-hmm. he he was yelling at their PR about it basically. There was like correct? thirty I people wasn't there, wait- but I remember this. Yeah, there was like thirty people waiting for them to bring him out. And they were like, he talked before the game. He doesn't need to talk after the game. And we're like, what are you talking about? Yes, he does. They were like, nobody requested him. We're like, there's thirty people here waiting to talk to him. What do you mean nobody formally requested him? Like, give me a break. That was ridiculous. But honestly, next week, if the Detroit Red Wings come to town and Patrick Kane plays yeah. in that game. People will go talk to Patrick Kane. And then to your point of the people who used to play for the Bills, who used to play for teams, there's a lot of good examples. Like Harrison Phillips is a great example. Harrison Phillips loved playing in Buffalo. And then when he comes here last year and he's with the Vikings for the first time, you go, you say hello, you get a couple sound bites, you get a couple interviews with him. But then it's also just like a, hey, man, how are you doing? It would have been the same way if... Jordan Poyer ultimately ended up leaving in the offseason and went somewhere else. You would have done the same thing for guys who have made an impact, guys who are relevant in this community when they ever leave. It's it's a tale as old as time. It's going to be it's not going to be the first time that it happens. It's not going to be the next time it happens. Can you imagine like obviously this is probably a very far off, but could you imagine if they ever moved on from Diggs or Allen in their next times that they came back in Buffalo? That wow. would be a that would be a circus. Yeah, and look, I mean, I, I'll tell you, one of the um, things I love about being on the sidelines is having the chance to be personable before games, like before the before it really gets going, especially preseason games. We we're in Chicago this year, and I developed a really good relationship with Tremaine Edmonds and his family over the last five years in Buffalo. And I saw Tremaine warming up. There was a question who was even going to play in that game. I don't even know if he did. He was injured a little bit, but I made sure I was walking and I stood in the end zone. I was just kind of watching him. He glanced over. He saw me, and he made a point to come to me, which meant a lot to me. And I just kind of, hey, man, what's up? Dapped him up a little bit. How you doing? How's the family? You know, um, say hi to your mom. Th- those things mean a lot to me, and I think they mean a lot to you. But, you know, when people hear that, Matt, I think people in our – people fans and people listen to us hear that, and there can be a tone of, well, you shouldn't be friendly with the players. No, it's about building relationships. We spend time covering these people through good and bad, mm-hmm. and you develop mm-hmm. relationships. And those things, personally, I know that's just, to me, those things mean a lot.
it's a fine line because you develop relationships with people, but you also know that you need to eventually be critical of That's them. Right. I'll, tell, I'll tell you a really good real world example of this, or at least I think it's a real world example of this. Does the, you know the name Adam Clendenning? Remember that name at all? I remember the name. Tell me about it. Okay, so professional hockey player, spent like eight or nine years in the league. Adam Clendenning and I grew up together. We are very, very, very good friends. I got my hole in one with him the day before his wedding. You know, now he is playing overseas, but he spent like a, a really nice career in the NHL. He was a second round draft pick. I was mortified that that guy would ever play for the Sabres. Because I was like, if he plays for the Sabres and he stinks, I need to say he stinks. But that's a really weird, because that's not a friendly, professional relationship. That is an actual friend. So that puts you as a journalist in a really weird spot. And I would have had the conversation with him. I would have been like, listen, if you make a bad mistake, I have to talk about it. I can't avoid it. And because we are such good friends, that, of course, would have been very understandable. I think most players get that, but I also think there's some who don't. I think that there's some who don't understand that it's not just our job to always be like, hey, they looked good. When they look bad, we have to talk about it. Micah Hyde's a good example. Micah Hyde is an unbelievable player who has the respect of everybody who yes. covers that team. Micah Hyde had a bad play the other day that really cost them. And we had to talk about it. He gets that and he knows that's on him. Some younger players or some players who might not be as established might not understand that. All right, let's get to the mailbag and answer some questions here. I don't know if you flagged any and you have any specifically you want to get to. Um, plus, I have a, plus, I have another story I want to ask you about. In fact, as you search, here, here's one. This one just came over today. And I was, uh -huh. I was thinking about you a little bit because it, it could affect me too, but I'm the sideline radio guy. Mm -hmm. You have the camera, but we all have phones, right? Sometimes you've been on the sidelines of filming. Did you see the story about the young camera person who's been suspended by the league for allowing yep. Tyree Kill to use his phone? Yeah, yeah. So if that. people don't remember, Tyree Kill scored a touchdown back in, I have to remember the week number it was, but either way. Early in the season. There's a guy in the end zone and he's filming it. Tyreek runs up to him, grabs his phone does a backflip with the phone. It goes viral on social media. The, the, the NFL will literally like use this as promotion, right? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently this young camera person, he's 20 years old, has had his credential revoked by the league for the mm -hmm. remainder of the year and possibly forever for this happening. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is he supposed to just say, no, you can't have it? It's a, I think it's a tough spot for this person to be in. I don't know, man. I, but the NFL, they again. I think the NFL just is inconsistent, and I think they're hypocritical a lot because it's like the Tyree Kill peace sign. Didn't they use that in a promotion? But yet they flagged him for it. I think they did last well, year. Well, it was the same thing as Josh pointing at the dude in Cincinnati, yes, and then yes. them using it for social graphics and stuff, and then deleting the post because people were like, "How could this be a fine?" And then you use it for social graphics. Yeah, I don't know all the details of the story there. I did see the video that has been going viral about it. I certainly feel bad. It sounds like the punishment. Ha I'm not justifying this. I'm just saying it sounds like the punishment happened because not Tyreek took the phone, but after he took the phone and gave it back to him, the kid like jumped up and down and celebrated and then ran into the tunnel to post the video immediately. So I think it was more of like, uh, you can't be doing that on the sideline. Even and, though and how about maybe a copyright issue? Because we aren't allowed to show anything from the sidelines like that. Yeah, but I think because in the video he's wearing a black vest, that means he is like working for the league. So that uh, video would yeah. that video would be 
basically owned by the league. The way I understand it is I'm pretty sure that anything happens on an NFL sideline on an NFL field is video that like, oh, yeah. belongs 100%. to the league. So yes, is. Is I don't, I don't know if it's one of those situations where like the video was used for personal. Okay. So that's growth. The case. Here, here's what people want to know. I've been asked this because you do video. You've been on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. What about the video you take from the sidelines you use in your newscasts? There's a difference that goes in a newscast that can't like live online. Explain that to fans. I so I don't think I get, fans understand these rules. The the way the rule is written, to my understanding, is that if there's a great play that happens, right, and it's you know Josh Allen throws an 80 yard touchdown to Stefan Diggs, and our camera gets it perfectly, like we can use that in our newscast, but we cannot use that where it lives online for more than I believe like 24 hours. And obviously, if you're posting it somewhere, then it can live for more than 24 hours. It's the same reason why like ESPN pays millions and millions and millions of dollars for the rights to NFL videos, and when you watch their product, you see that there. NFL highlights there but if you look at some of their competitors they do not have access to NFL video so that's, that's why right. they show still images or they show screen grabs of things that actually happened on the field because ESPN gets that because they are an NFL rights holder so practice video is different pregame video is different because that stuff is not happening in the like actual time frame of the game but if you have a video of something that happened during the game by the letter of the law, that video is not supposed to be posted anywhere online. And there's also really no way of like, like social media is the wild west. Everybody's trying to figure out the rules of like how to use this video on social media. But most TV newscasts are also broadcast on here. This is a good night, another real world example. We do our Monday weekly show. Ellie, calm down. We do our Monday she's, weekly she's show. Digging, she's digging this explanation. Go ahead. She understands this. I get so many people who message me and who send me comments and emails of like, why is your Monday show not posted on YouTube or posted online? Right. So it's the show with myself, Joe Biscali and yes. Howard Simon, because we use NFL video. Like we pay, for, okay. we pay the NFL video. We pay the NFL to use a certain amount of video. And then we can't take that and then post it online because then we would be breaking that rule. So we can't post it for people who are out of town because we're using the video. But then we okay. also can't not use the video because then obviously the quality of the show would be impacted greatly. Okay. So, and this has turned into be with something way different, but I love this conversation because I'm conflicted and I'm, I don't mind meaning to be get anybody in trouble here. I do not want to call out names. I do not want to do that. I just want to point out, are you telling me though? Because I've always believed this because this is true. People ask me like, they'll, they'll want to know like the all 22 stuff. I don't ever post that because mm -hmm. I work for a media outlet that I know I would get in trouble if I did that. People aren't really supposed to do that, right? You're not really supposed to put all 22 on, on Twitter. It's not your video. So I think that's also a little bit different because it's not something that was taken like individually. Like they are taking that from the NFL owns that video. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. I don't do I it either. I just wonder. It's, I've always wondered. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I just don't do it because I don't want to get in trouble if that makes sense. Right. For me, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Correct. It's like, Correct. why would I risk, you know, getting myself in trouble? And I feel like when you are somebody who covers the team, the ramifications are greater yes. because obviously, you know, my livelihood would be impacted and I don't necessarily want that to happen. If so, Joey X's and O's on Twitter uh -huh. without a media credential puts mm -hmm. all 22, mm -hmm. 
I mean, he can have his count suspended, but no one's pulling his credential. He doesn't have a credential. But at the same time, it's kind of a stupid theory because you're growing the game. I know. But if I do I'm it or sorry. you do it, we could have our credential pulled, which is why for we sure. don't do it. Yeah, for sure. Still images, right. I think, are stills are different, right? Like if you take like a screen grab of the all 22, I feel like there's probably a little bit more forgiveness there. Or that's a why bit I more use dots. The next that's, why dots, the dots. that's why I yeah. use the dots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get to the mailbag. What do you got? All right. This is a question from Jonah Bronstein that I think is hilarious. Oh. Uh, he said, when is the Como reopening? Do you know the backstory of this question? I, I don't. I hope our listeners do because it might be not something they would know. But go ahead. No, the Como was a restaurant in Niagara Falls that was very, okay. very famous. It was open forever. Well, the day that they announced that they were closing, we were in the Bills media room and we were talking about it. And I was next to John Warrow from the AP and he snapped on me and Jonah because he was like, would you stop talking about the Como? Nobody cares about that. And I was like, whoa, I care about that. I was like, if you've had their pizza bread, you would care about that. So that is where that conversation comes from. So I got a little bit of a laugh on that. And then this one is from my former coworker, Jeff Slauson. Uh, He said, if you had to create one Olympic sport to compete in, what would you choose? What would you choose? Create one Olympic sport? Yeah. It does does not exist right now? Um, Yes. I would create playing spoons. I could take two spoons and I can play them and they sound amazing basically together. And I could do it here, but you won't be able to hear it because the microphone won't pick it up. We tried it before. Yeah, you're good at that. I will say I have heard you do that before. For me, I don't really know if I've got a great answer to this. I thought about, you know what I'm really good at? I'm really what? good at grocery shopping, like an incredibly, oh. effi- an incredibly Ooh. like efficient and quickly grocery shopping. Like I could go into the grocery store and get everything I need and be back in my car in 15 minutes. I like that answer. I'm going to go with another one then. Okay. Parallel parking. I am a master parallel parallel parker. I live in the city. I don't have a driveway. It's a one-way street. You can only park on one side of the road or the other, depending on what day it is. I Mm -hmm. am a master parallel parker. Oh, see, I'm brutal. I can squeeze in the tightest of spots with the biggest of cars. That's impressive. I wish I had that, but I do have the backup camera, which saves me a right. lot. Oh, th- listen, greatest invention ever, maybe for cars, the backup camera. Yeah. Like I use it too. Without that, I'd still be good, but I am great with that backup camera. All right, let's answer a couple football questions. This one okay. is from Walshy. Is making halftime adjustments a real thing? Absolutely, it's a real thing. I think that it sometimes is blown out of proportion, but I also think that really good teams know, like the Eagles were able to adjust their entire offense based off of what the Bills were doing in the first half. It is a real thing, but to different degrees. Peyton Manning once said in his entire career he never made a ha- they never made a halftime adjustment. That's fine. That's Peyton Manning, um, and maybe how he is operated. But yes, it is a real thing because it, here's why: because adjustments are always being made throughout a game. Doesn't mean there's any more or less at a halftime. But every time a team comes off the field, a unit, defense, offense, they are adjusting things. They are talking about things going on in the next series. And there isn't a lot of time to go into a locker room and just throw in a whole new game plan. But you get with your position group and you say, hey, when we run this run, let's block it this way instead. That's a little adjustment. So, yes, they are. They are. They are a thing. But you don't have time to just do these wild adjustments at halftime. You're doing yeah. them. You're adjusting throughout the game, basically. 
All right, this one kind of will answer a lot of the questions that people have. And it's basically like, what are your predictions for the rest of the season? Somebody asked, what are your game-by-game -game predictions for the regular season? A couple people asked if they could still make the playoffs. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Go ahead. I'll get, I'll get one here. Go ahead. I think the Bills can win every single game that they play for the rest of me the too. season. I think that they proved against the Eagles that they can hang in it with anybody. And I think the Eagles might be the best team in football right now. That doesn't mean that they are going to do it, but I absolutely see a world where the Bills can beat the Chiefs because I know they can, because I've seen them do it there multiple times, that they can beat the Cowboys at home and then they can win their last three games. Now, all of that being said, I do not think that they do that, but I think that they can. So I guess it depends on if their defense starts to play a little bit better and if their offense continues on the trajectory that it has been. But I also think that like four and one is realistic. And if four and one I think is four realistic, and one gets them in too. So do I. So I mean, if four and one gets you to ten and seven, and if you're ten and seven and you get into the playoffs, you would be a nightmare first round matchup for whoever you were playing. And that's the thing that I think is so frustrating about the Eagles game and about some of the other games they've lost this year, because I do think 10 and seven gets you in. And that would have given them wiggle room for a little bit of a slip up down the stretch. And now they do not have that. Now they basically have to win out or win four of five and given the opponents, like you cannot lose to the chargers. And that is not the easiest game in the world. You cannot lose to the Dolphins. And maybe that game matters for them. Can't lose to the Patriots. Can't, you can't lose to anybody, really. You got to split. Yeah, I mean, your if, you, if you're going to go four and one, it better be the Cowboys game. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's probably a good point, right? If you lose, um, yeah, you better win all those other ones. Let's go to Lewis. Lewis asks, this hits home, and I'll give you my thought on this. He says, my eight-year-old experienced his first real bills, real feels towards a devastating uh, loss. I saw this My picture. Question, what do you say to your child that has just started the Bills Mafia experience? Here's a photo of him. Ugh, poor guy. Has a photo of this young boy in a Josh Allen jersey laying on a bench, basically, after the loss, wherever they are. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Lewis, as someone who has firsthand experience of this, my son is nine, turning 10 on Sunday. By the way, happy birthday, Max. Okay. We're going to give him a shout out here. He's going to be 10 on Sunday. Um, he has bald after losses and he's also taken some more in stride but as we've grown grown older as he's grown older my advice is and my experience is let him grieve let him you know cry and understand that you know there it's we all went through this as sports fans growing up but mm -hmm. i think there's got to be some positivity to come out of it too and to let them know hey you know what it's it there's always we're, there's another game next week and look at how well this guy played or that guy played give him some positive thinking a little bit in there but don't be shy to let them, you know, grieve about it and be upset about it because that's what sports are about. And I think that's what shapes us all as sports fans as we grow older. And I think it's great to have that emotion. Yeah. In a lot do you of remember, do you remember the most emotional you've ever been after a win or a loss for a team that you've supported? Yes, it was after wide right. I was a senior in high school. Oh, yeah. And for me, I yeah. that's the and and um well that's the most after a loss. And we were at my friend Steve's house in Buffalo. And I laid on the carpet, like the floor of the living room where all my friends mm -hmm. were. And I don't even know what happened for the next 15 minutes. But I do know after that, we all went outside and had the biggest snowball fight ever.
<laughs> oh, there you go. At least you had that. Yeah, for me, it was after the Sabres lost to the Hurricanes, 05, 06, because I was just convinced. I was in middle school at that point. I was convinced that that was going to be the year that they won the Stanley Cup and that they yeah. didn't. And yeah, that one ended for a lot of people. All right. Uh, a lot of people asking about the draft, and I don't think it's too early to talk about the draft because they're not that good. Like the Bills, they might miss the playoffs. And if you have a pick in the mid-teens, you absolutely, I mean, the draft obviously becomes that much more important. So I'll just ask you this because this is going to be a nice way of kind of condensing all of the questions that we got right now. What would you say the bill's biggest need is what would be the thing that they should do in the draft? Another pass catcher. Yep. Um, I, I, I will tell you just in full transparency. I hate talking about the draft this time of year. I think Mm -hmm. there's still a season to be played. There's still free agency. So you can go ahead. I just think that it, to me, I hate doing it. I don't think there's anything that they could do between now and the draft that would sway me away from them taking a wide receiver in the first round. Like, even if they said, okay, we're going to go out and get a guy, like a legitimate guy to be a number two wide receiver. If they do that, that means they're not keeping Gabe. Or if they're like, okay, we want to keep Gabe, but we don't want to sign him to a five-year contract, then you need some cheap bodies for the next four or five years. I think your biggest asset is Josh Allen, and I think that's why you need to be seriously considering drafting a wide receiver. This is going to sound crazy to some people, but I don't even care. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but if the Bills end up in like the teens, I would be considering trading multiple first-round picks and moving up and taking Marvin Harrison. If that's if that's even feasible. Like if you wow. know, like if he doesn't go at two, right? Like if the top Listen. two are Caleb Williams and Drake May, I, I know, I know that sounds ridiculous. No, I, need- I listen, I, I think he's awesome. And I have a soft spot because his dad played for Syracuse, right? But I love the kid. He's amazing. Maybe the best player in college football and he plays a position. Mm-hmm. But Matt, I would tell you, like, that's what they did for Sammy Watkins. And the draft was so deep with receivers. We all know that that was not the right move to make. It's it not about the player. It's about value. It didn't work with Sammy Watkins because they didn't have a quarterback. They were trying to save their quarterback pick. Because they draft like they tra- drafted Sammy Watkins to try and make EJ Manuel work, and it did not. They have the quarterback. They have Josh Allen. You've done the hard part, and I mean, I don't know. The there way are also like another really, really, really good wide receivers in this draft. For sure. I mean, like Malik Neighbors looks like he's legit. Coleman looks like he's legit. The dude from Washington looks like he's a stud. The other guy from Ohio State looks like he's awesome. Agbuka, I believe the name is. So like any of those seem like they make sense, but. To protect your asset, right? Like the most important thing is getting a guy for Josh Allen. And you don't know how much longer Stefan Diggs is going to play. You would give yourself the opportunity to basically find a guy to be wide receiver one or wide receiver two in the short term for the length of the Josh Allen, the remainder of the contract. Like you would know that for the rest of this time, we will have a guy. And the way I've heard people, I mean, the way I've heard people talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. is ceiling is Kelvin Johnson. Floor is better than T. Higgins. Like, if that's the floor, I get it. Like, these people know way more about scouting and about football than I do. But talk about a splash. Like, that would be a statement. Hey, I love the guy. I think there's four or five more months, and we still have a season. I don't like because this isn't like the drought years where we're at Thanksgiving. Let's talk about the draft. We still have five games left here to cover. Mm-hmm. And to think about and talk about, and I still think that they're alive, you know, but you know, they're barely breathing percentage wise, but mm-hmm. they're still alive and how they could play. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, but to me, I'm not ready to go there yet. All right. 
Will the league, this is from Dan, Dan has, Dan has, H-A-S 26, will the league publicly say anything about the refereeing last week or we just have to wait for the uh, gambling charges against that team or the refs? Sorry, I'll just take the first part of it. I just want everybody to understand. Sean McDermott comes out on his Zoom call and says, he, he was asked about the officiating. He says, no comment on the officiating. Fans are upset. They want him to go full out. Oh, no, blast the officiating, blast the officiating. Look, it does Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills no good to do that. I understand fans want it. They want blood. They want to the, have their coach go out there and stand up for his team or whatever other phrase you want to use. The league and the teams always have discussions about officiating, good and bad, every single week. Brandon Bean's involved in that. His staff, that's, that's where it comes from, basically, the front office, the coaching staff. They will talk to the league about calls. The league will give them feedback, and sometimes the league says, we blew it. If the team either A, goes out and publicly blasts the officials, or B, reveals any contents of that conversation, there are heavy, heavy fines that can go along with that. Jim mm -hmm. Irsay did that earlier this year. There was a big to-do about it. That's why you don't hear it. Yeah, also another development while this is all happening. This is from Tom Pelissaro at NFL Network. The league has also released a statement. We are aware of the matter and have been in contact with the club. We have no further comment at this time. So... Okay, whoa, this is a big one. Um, this is from my colleague, Michael Schwartz at WKBW. Dallas police tell me an arrest warrant has been issued for 34-year-old Vonnie Miller for assaulting a pregnant person after a verbal argument yesterday morning. Police say Miller left scene before officers arrived. The victim had minor injuries. That is, once again, that is from my colleague, Michael Schwartz at WKBW. So will. obviously a very, very, very developing situation. Um, yeah, we're sorry that we haven't been able to give you more clarity on it. I know we're going to probably start and end the podcast with these updates. But um, yeah, obviously a very serious situation and one that I think will probably we should have more clarity on in the next few hours or so. By the time people listen to this, it might be what, Thursday evening. It might be Friday morning. Uh, mm -hmm. There will be more, obviously, information we think that would come out about it. And again, you can listen to WGR, you can tune in WKBW-TV. Mm -hmm. Obviously, disturbing allegations uh, at mm -hmm. this point right now, though. Um, we can only give you what we know as we sit here at 11.50 a.m. Uh, recording mm -hmm. this podcast. Absolutely. So when there's more, we'll have it updated on WKBW.com and on Channel 7. I think the same can be said for Sal with WGR 550. So we will see what happens. I'm sorry to cut you off while you were doing that, but I feel like this was an okay. important, an important, important update to get in. Um, yeah. Wow. All right. So um, the bye week, the rest of the week for everyone will um, that that's the news that we'll stay on top of the bills are off the rest of this week as a club. Uh, they'll be back to work on Monday and that's when we'll hear more from, we generally hear from Sean McDermott on a zoom on Monday. I'm not sure if that's going to happen this week because there was no game to necessarily recap. Um, Sean does his radio show every Friday with me on WGR. That's not going to happen this week because that happens during game weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's not going to happen. So the next time we hear from any Buffalo Bills, uh, officials, coaches, whatever, uh, probably won't be until Monday, just so everybody's clear on the schedule. And then obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are up next on the schedule the following week on a Sunday at 425 p.m. game. All right. Well, I don't know where else to, to leave everyone here other than obviously uh, very serious news that you can mm -hmm. digest and – listen to or read about, watch WKBW, WGR. We thank everybody here for coming aboard. South Sports YouTube channel on video and, of course, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you uh, find your podcast. We appreciate you doing the bye week. And we appreciate Mike Robbie, by the way, uh, here as well. He's our producer. He does a great job. So, yeah, we appreciate everybody coming aboard. And 
Yep. Hope everybody had a great, you know, Thanksgiving last week. Looking forward to uh, Christmas and you know, who knows? We don't know if we're going to get together for another pod this week. It might depend on developments here, but you know, obviously mm-hmm. we'll talk to everybody, you know, the next time we get a chance here and, and we'll know more. Yeah, absolutely.